podcast with the Comcast Laser Focus and the Open Fake Team. Uh, this is going to be like kind of a more current events thing. We're going to call it the news desk, uh, talking about current events in CONCACAF. Instead of just doing bonus episodes, we're going to have this kind of be a recurring thing where we're talking about what's going on in CONCACAF. So this is the first news desk episode, and it is the biggest point in the cycle. We are approaching the, we are at the March international break. 2022, the final round of World Cup qualifiers uh, in CONCACAF. Three spots in the World Cup on the line, a spot in the Intercontinental Playoff, and for one team, a lot of devastation about to happen in the next two weeks. So let's talk about this qualifying. Um, First off, let's remind everybody where we're at. Uh, Donald, what are the current standings? Yeah, so I'm just going to mention at the at the off the top that the t- bottom two teams have been eliminated, Jamaica and Honduras. They so we're not going to mention their point totals. Just they mention that off the bat, they're gone. So, but they are still playing. They can screw it up for somebody else. But here is the standings as we see it right now: Canada sitting on top with 25 points. The U.S. and Mexico are two and three after them. They both sit on 21 points, but USA holds a plus nine goal differential. Mexico plus six. In fourth place and holding that interconfederation spot is Panama with 17 points. They hold it by one point over Costa Rica, who sits with 16. And then with an outside shot, they cannot qualify outright for the World Cup, but they still have a remote shot at qualifying for the interconfederation playoff. That's El Salvador. They have nine points uh, and they have to make up a lot with goal differential. So we've got really five teams fighting for four spots of staying alive. Three automatic bids to the 2022 World Cup in Qatar this November. And then one team will get a date with likely New Zealand in June for another spot in the main tournament. So the first thing we're going to do is kind of go through these rosters. Um, We have all eight rosters right now. Uh, So we'll go team by team in order of the FIFA rankings and just kind of hit the main points as to the big surprises with these rosters uh first uh subject of our laser focus that we just dropped um recently and that's mexico ranked 12th in the world jonathan uh what can you tell us about mexico's squad so i mean the big takeaways from mexico's squad is it's a lot of the guys that that you have you are familiar with and are expecting to be in this team i'm not going to read out word for word you know who all these players were but you know, you have the, Chucky Lozano is back with this team. Diego Lainez uh, being included. Uh, Tecatito Corona, uh, Raul Jimenez. But I mean, I think the big surprises from this list is the fact that um, no Andres Guardado, um, no Funes More, uh, Cata Dominguez, and then Osvaldo Rodriguez are all out. So um, the fact that they're going to go into this final round without their captain, uh, Andres Guardado. All right. So, yeah, Raul Jimenez is going to be carrying a lot of the load as far as scoring for Mexico. I do want to point out now with CONCACAF's dumb yellow card accumulation rules, two yellow cards is a one-game suspension, and these are all massive, massive games. And for Mexico, they've got a bunch of players sitting on a yellow, and they've got a rivalry game with the U.S. coming up. Uh, Alexis Vega, Hector Herrera. Jesus Corona, Jesus Gallardo, Luis Romo, Nestor Araujo, Raul Jimenez. 
all of them are sitting on a yellow card right now. So they get a not now not every player sitting on a yellow card is going to be playing in all these games, but all of them are a caution away from a suspension. It's great that you mentioned Hector Carrera because there was wide reports that he had picked up a yellow, a second yellow card and that he would be out for that Mexico game. Uh, however, our friend John Arnold, uh, after we got done recording with him, he mentioned to me that uh, Hector Herrera is, only, as you mentioned, only sitting on a yellow. And despite some of the journalists out there who are saying that he would be suspended for the, Mex- for the Mexico-United States game, he will be eligible to play for that game. He still will, he still will sit out if he gets a yellow uh, in any of these matches. So that is El Tree's squad as they look to lock down uh, a bid for the World Cup. Next up, we've got the United States of America sitting 13th in the FIFA rankings. Donald, tell me about this U.S. squad. The United States are going through a myriad of injuries, uh, especially to key players. I'm not going to list all the guys that have made the roster, but I'll actually start by noting the injuries that have kept some players out. Uh, for the goalkeepers, Matt Turner, who was is arguably the starter, he's out. Serginho Dest was added, was on this roster, but right before he was able to get to camp, he suffered an injury. He's out. Uh, you have Tyler. Um, that what am I there? Oh, Weston McKinney is out. Brendan Aronson, just you know, a couple of days ago, he suffered an injury. He's out. So you have a lot of key guys who are not going to be on this roster for the United States. And what that means is there's going to have to be people who step up. We do welcome back some, some people who had injuries before Aaron Long and Gio Reyna. Tim Weah also was back in this lineup. Uh, Jordan Pifok has been called back into this roster. Eric Palmer Brown is probably the biggest surprise of this group. He has not featured in World Cup qualifying to this point, but Will is on this roster. James Sands also makes this roster. And Luca De La Torre, who I thought had a great window in January, has earned another call-up, and he gets the call-up as well. So there's still something, some wiggle room here. Brendan Aronson is not coming into camp, so uh, Greg Berhalter could pick another person to come in in his place. Uh, but right now, as it stands right now, the U.S. is going to be searching for goals, and they're going to be searching for people to really command this team. And some key, key players are missing, and it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that. Yeah, and you mentioned Luca De La Torre. I think he's going to bear the brunt of missing Weston McKinney. They're going to need someone uh, to really step up in the midfield, and I think he's a key candidate after having a great uh, performance against Honduras. As far as the yellow card watch, uh, John Brooks is on this list, but he did not get called in. Uh, the players on the roster who are sitting on a yellow card going into a rivalry game at the Azteca, DeAndre Yedlin, Jordan Pifak, Tim Weah, Tyler Adams, and Zach Steffen. All of them, one yellow card away from a suspension. Uh, up next, we've got the 33rd-ranked Canucks. Uh, Canada on the verge of booking their first trip to the World Cup since 1986. It's almost just a formality at this point. They've had a great final round of qualifying, and they've got... Most of their key players in the lineup, I mean, Tejon Buchanan will be there. Um, Daniel Henry is going to be there. Jonathan David's going to be there. But they are missing a few key players. Um, Alfonso Davies, he still has not returned fully from his, the complications of uh, COVID-19. It made him miss the January window. Also unavailable 
for this camp due to medical reasons are Samuel Piet and David Wellerspoon. So they're missing a few key players, but they are on the verge of locking up a spot in Qatar. Next up, we've got Costa Rica, ranked 42nd in the world. Uh, Jonathan, what do we want to point out about Costa Rica's squad? I mean, if when you look at this Costa Rica squad, it is like it's been throughout qualifying. It is a lot of those guys that have been a part of this team for a very long time. I mean, you still see the likes of Brian Oviedo, Ronald Matarita, uh, Kendall Waston, uh, Johan Venegas, um, Brian Ruiz. I mean, and so, I mean, looking at this lineup, there's there's not a lot of surprises. I would say that probably my biggest surprise is there continues to be some of the the younger players and guys that have kind of seen some of the next generation, like even guys like Randall Leal, um, who aren't getting a call up. And it, it's kind of clear that uh, Luis Suarez is really banking on experience um, with this lineup heading into um, you know, this crucial final window. Um, next up, we've got the reggae boys, Jamaica ranked 62nd. They're done, but Donald, tell me about the reggae boys squad for this window. Well, they have most of their guys back, uh, except for Mikel Antonio. He's really the main person who was missing from this roster, but, uh, you have Leon Bailey, Andre gray, uh, Andre Blake is back in goal. Uh, Damian Lowe and those type of guys are still on this roster. So uh, again, they may be here and they've brought in some younger guys as well, because I think they're trying to, you know, look towards the future. There's obviously some more uh, things that they can qualify for down the road and they want to start gelling what lineup that they do have together, especially with some of these guys that we've been talking about some of these dual nationals that have been coming into the fold for Jamaica recently. So uh, with the exception of Mikhail Antonio, you have a pretty strong lineup. And I, as I mentioned, uh, on the Mexico laser focus podcast, we, we have a team that's going to come up and try to disrupt one of these other teams. They know they're not going to make the world cup, but they can disrupt someone else from doing that. And I think that's their plan here. Now I do want to rewind one second. I forgot to drop the accumulation information for Canada and Costa Rica. So let me catch up on that real quick. So Canada is sitting on a yellow right now, Atiba Hutchinson, Charles Andreas Brim, Liam Frazier, Lucas Cavallini, Mark Anthony Kay, Richie Larea, Samuel Piet, who is out, and Stephen Estacchio. It is worth noting that Daniel Henry and Sam Adekugbe, uh both received yellows in their last match and will be missing their first match of this window. Uh, for Costa Rica, they've got a lot of guys who may be missing crucial games for them. Uh, Adrian Hurt. Martinez, Brian Oviedo, Brian Ruiz, Celso Borges, David Guzman, Francisco Calvo, Jefferson Brenes, Jewison Bennett, Joel Campbell, Jonathan Moya, Keisha Fuller, and Ricardo Blanca Mora all have yellow cards. Not all of them are in the roster, but that's a lot of guys who might be missing very, very crucial games for Costa Rica. Um, all right. So housekeeping done. Let's catch back up. Panama, Jonathan, tell me about Panama's squad. It's ranked 63rd in the world. So Panama comes into this match really at a, a, a crucial point. Um, you know, they're sitting fourth in the table. And so, um, you know, head coach Thomas Christensen 
you know, really had a, you know, in his pregame press conference, you know, calling for, for the, everyone to be united behind this team, because, you know, they have these three games with the opportunity to go into the world cup. Um, Looking at the roster, it is, you know, a lot of, you know, the guys that have been there um, throughout qualifying and, and, and for years, but um, there are a few interesting call-ups of note. Um, so there was four new players that they got a call up. So Eric Hughes, Jose Cordoba, um, f- who's playing in Bulgaria, uh, Vic- and Victor Medina, uh, who all got the, the got the call for these um, for these games. Yeah. Now Panama, they're actually going to be missing three players for this first match due to yellow card accumulation. Armando Cooper, Eric Davis, Jose Fajardo, all sitting out this first match of the window. So they will be back for the second match against the United States, which will be a crucial one. Adalberto Carasquilla and Michael Murillo currently sitting on yellows for Panama. Uh, next up, we've got 70th ranked El Salvador. El Salvador, uh, Hugo Perez has called in a squad, his normal squad. Nothing super notable except that Eric Duenas Hernandez was named to the roster, will not be able to participate. Uh, he was, he tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, so he will be missing this window. Um, they do have a bunch of players sitting on yellows, Alex Rodan, Alexander Lorene, Brian Tamakis, uh, Eric Zavaleta, Isaac Portillo, Marvin Monterosa, Pablo Puñed, and Roberto Dominguez. Not all of them on the roster. All of them sitting on a yellow card uh, and a game away from suspension. And then finally, we'll just touch on Honduras. Honduras ranked 78th in the world. They are done. Um, I mean, this is an opportunity for them to really work in uh, some new names into their roster. Uh, Brian Acosta from the Colorado Rapids, a uh, notable name for American soccer fans. Yeah, Honduras. They can play spoiler, but they don't necessarily have um, a lot to play for here. Uh, as far as their and they've had yeah. some, they've had some mutiny like mutiny esque issues, right? Like we've we've yeah. talked about it on this show before, uh, and this is a chance for them to kind of, you know, go back to the drawing board and kind of start over and, and really form a, a new foundation of a team. Yeah, they're two. They've got two players who will be serving suspensions in this first game: Alfredo Meja. And uh, Wisdom Kwai. Uh, I assume that I pronounced those incorrectly, but I tried. And trying matters. So those are the squads we've got going into this crucial March window. Jonathan, what is the schedule uh, for these crucial, crucial, I'm going to keep saying crucial World Cup qualifiers? Well, I think the big thing to note is, you know, after a two-game window in, oh, actually, no. I take that back. So after, you know, the three game window of January, we're again back to a th- another three game window. And so looking at this, um, we're just going to go kind of match day by match day. And then um, I think kind of hit on a few of these matches is matches. So we have Jamaica versus El Salvador at Independence Park, Panama v. Honduras, Mexico versus the United States, and then Costa Rica versus Canada. Uh, I know everyone He's going to circle that Mexico United States game, but looking at the other three, what are you guys, how are you guys feeling? What are you, what are you watching? 
So for me, I mean, guys, we're, we're American fans. So uh, there's one game that really that I'm looking at. Uh, it's Panama versus Honduras. And it's not because uh, Costa Rica, Canada is another one. But I think Panama, if Honduras can steal points from Panama, that will all but end their their quest or Panama's quest to get to the World Cup, at least outright. So that is what I'm looking at because I know Honduras has not won a match yet during qualifying. And Panama has been very, very strong at home. But if those points are stolen, that will be that will really open up the door for both the United States and Mexico to qualify outright. See, I don't even think that game's worth looking at. Panama is not going to lose that game. Panama has lost two crazier things have happened. Panama has lost two home qualifiers in the last four cycles combined. They are very, very good at home. Honduras is not good right now. Panama, they're going to be playing desperate. We know what it's like when Panama is playing and they are desperate for a result. They're going to go get that result. Just, just write down and pen those three points. Like it, it's not even worth sweating over. The thing that's going to interest me is this Costa Rica Canada match because I don't know how Canada is going to treat this. They know they only need one result to get into the World Cup. They can book a ticket and have a huge party in the next match day, but they can be spoilers for Costa Rica. If Costa Rica needs a nine point window here, and if Canada prevents that, it helps Mexico, it helps the US, it helps Panama. Everyone is going to be rooting for Canada in that game. I don't know if they can go into Costa Rica without Alfonso Davies and get a win. It took uh, sending Costa Rica to Edmonton to get a 1-0 victory up there. It's That's expecting Costa Rica to drop points here is a lot, but I think that's the most crucial match of this first match day. Yeah, I would I would agree with Eric because when I'm looking at this, I want instead of it being four teams going for three automatic spots and a and a playoff, I don't want Costa Rica to get those points and make it, you know, five teams looking for four spots. Um, that's when it gets a little bit dicey, and and I think for for from a U.S. perspective, that's that's really what I'm looking at. So moving on to match day 13, so we have Canada versus Jamaica. Uh, El Salvador v. Costa Rica, the United States versus Panama, and then Honduras v. Mexico. What uh, what do you think is the most important game of this round? I mean, we're all going to agree that U.S.-Panama is going to be the game because effectively the U.S. can lock up a spot ahead of Panama um, with a win here. Effectively, that's not 100%. There are various other scenarios. But I do want to point out that regardless of what happens in that first match on Thursday, Canada at home versus Jamaica, they're going to win that game and be in the World Cup. And that is a huge, huge, huge thing for that country and for CONCACAF to have another emerging power just kind of assert themselves and be, be in the conversation for the top of CONCACAF. Canada can finally put a period on the end of that sentence. So for me, I, I like the, the Costa Rica, I'm sorry, the Canada Jamaica pick, but for me, it's El Salvador versus Costa Rica. And I think it's because, you know, of, of course, it'll, it'll depend on what El Salvador does in the first match day. But 
again, they have an outside shot at qualifying via the Inter-Confederation playoff. To do that, they need nine points and they need Costa Rica to lose three times. This is one where they are going to be going after it and throwing everything at Costa Rica in this game because they need to win this game. This will be, uh, this is going to be the game for them. If they have won their first game against Jamaica, this is really going to tell the tale and, and see if they are able to make this work. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, those are, you know, the El Salvador-Costa Rica game is, is the game that I'm keeping an eye on because I expect Mexico to get those points um, at Honduras. And so I would not be surprised if El Salvador was able to hold Costa Rica. And then now finally looking at the last match day. Well, hold, hold on. I, I do want to just rewind because we all talked about like the other games, but we really do need to talk about the U.S.-Panama game. Because that is most crucial for us personally. The math is not necessarily there if the U.S. doesn't get three points in this match. Like, this is the must win of must wins. I mean, I'm in panic mode, but how do you guys feel about this matchup? Because the U.S., I mean, we've talked about these three match windows and what it does to teams. The U.S. hasn't won the second match of these three match windows at all. Like they're, this has been a struggling point and this is a game they can't struggle in. I mean, I would be more concerned and more panicked if this was on the road, um, giving the U.S.'s history or not history, the form throughout qualifying of the, of the second one of the second window game. I still think that United States, um, while I am not panicked, I am concerned um <laughs> and i'm trying to keep uh those i'm trying to keep myself from panicking uh, and so i'm going to um talk myself through therapy right now uh, but i i think that it is a crucial game and it's it's because not only because it's the second game that they've struggled in because it is against the team that is most is is closest to taking your spot as an automatically qualifying team so I mean, Donald, how do you feel? I feel fine about it. Um, I'm not a guy who panics. You guys know me very well. I don't panic about small stuff. Even when we were in Trinidad, again, it was one scenario out of 27 that happened. I wasn't panicking then because it, it's, not a, it's not a panic situation until it happens. Uh, and but I happened. think at <laughs> that point, it's too late to panic. So I, I don't have to panic about it anymore. Uh, all you have to do is react to what you're seeing in front of you. But for that one, I mentioned it before the magic number to clinch over Panama is five points and they can take care of that with one win because plus plus three on one side, minus three on the other, that's six. They will be done. And I think I feel comfortable about it is the only thing, only real thing I'll say about Florida going to Orlando. The United States is undefeated in Orlando. They're undefeated at Exploria stadium and they are undefeated in every single time we play Panama. It just so happens that we like to play them on this last couple of match days and we like to do it in Orlando. So I am very, you know, I, I, I think that they can get this win here. I'm not going to say I'm confident. I'm not going to say that I'm panicking. I'm right in the middle. This is a game that they can win. They just have to go out and do it. All right. So we're going to move on to match day 14 final match day. We have Panama versus Canada, Jamaica v. Honduras, Mexico v. El Salvador, and then finally Costa Rica versus the United States. 
what are you guys looking at at for this match? I mean, Costa Rica, United States. The U.S. has not gotten a point in Costa Rica since 1985. I pray that we do not need any points in that, that this is a vacation and we don't have to worry about getting a result. But ah, talk about having anxiety. If we if we're getting on that flight to San Jose and we need a result, not going to be great. Not going to be great at all. That's that's how I see it. It, it. This is the game. But if you're looking at other games, I think it's Panama, Canada, only because, again, Panama is going to be in, in desperation mode at this point. They could be they could be in third. They could be in fourth. They could be in fifth. Who knows? Uh, but for them, they're going to net. They're going to definitely need three points out of that game. As you mentioned, Eric, they are very, very good at home and they get a Canada team who has not yet lost during qualifying. But how do they approach a game where in in all likelihood they will have already qualified for the world cup and they can rest people or play whoever they can call in, you know, any Canadian who has two legs uh, to play that game if they wanted to. So how do they approach that game that could really have an effect on Panama? And again, three points will be a vital for them at this point, if they want to stay in the running for either third place, fourth place in the world cup. Yeah. I, I would say that, you know, I'm looking at the Costa Rica United States game and, you know, Eric's stat that he just gave about it being the U S hasn't picked up a point in Costa Rica since 1985 is why I go back to um, all of the big brain um, media types that have talked about, Oh, going weak at Azteca because, you know, you're more likely to get a point at Costa Rica Um no. I think that's I that ain't it. Yeah. <laughs> and so um yeah, I think you know we're going to know where the US is coming into that game. Um but it is uh a cru- like just an important matchup there. Yeah. And I mean, you assume Mexico is going to get the result they need against El Salvador that should lock up a bid for them. Um yeah, Panama's going to be in desperation mode. Canada will be on vacation. And Costa Costa Rica US, like we'll know Monday if that's gonna be a big deal or not. Um, so yeah, wild times. All those games kick off at the same time. Uh it will be interesting having everything happening at once. Um let's hope it as a US fan, I hope it goes better than 10, 10, 17. Me just me personally, you know. Would be nice. All right. So that's the schedule we got laid ahead of us. We went through the squads, we went through the standings. We'll see what ends up happening. It's it's as big as it gets for World Cup qualifying in CONCACAF. But before we wrap up, let's do some postcards to the pod. We uh, put out a shout for listener questions and let's talk about it. Uh, first question uh, is from our friend Tyler. Um, he goes at he's goes by at AO Toledo drum. Uh, his drum has a Twitter account. So the drum is asking a question is drumming up a question uh, with all the injuries over the last week or so. What are the chances the US MNT qualify? Uh, Donald, you want to lead off? The chances are still good, ladies and gentlemen. The chances aren't excellent. The chances are great, but they're still really good. And 
that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I, I don't want to game plan scenarios where they don't. Um, it goes back to, I'm trying not to panic. Um, so yeah, chances are good. Yeah. See, as the resident panicker here, um, the chances the U.S. qualifies are high. They're higher than they feel, but they're not as high as you would like them to be. And I they're, think that's, they're not 100%. That's yeah. why. That's why. And Eric, you're not the only one who's out there panicking. The yeah. reason why people are panicking is because it's not 100%. Yes. And when that's you, the only reason. When you're coming off 2017, where that night in 2017, where it was one of 27 scenarios, 26 out of 27 scenarios, and everything is cool. We got this. And it's just that little one. And it, since that little one, you're just until it says 100.000%, you're, and you, you're and, gonna and have on that Wikipedia. On Wikipedia, you go to the name and it has a green box next to it as qualified. Yeah. Like now, that's why I, I also I, I will I will I was gonna say I, I I still won't believe it then. I will feel <laughs> confident um uh when we get the world cup draw. Like that's, yeah. that's when, that's when I'll feel confident. Yeah. I will say, um, shout out VAR because VAR is still in place. Uh, something that Eric, if you remember back yeah. in 2017, everyone talks about the fabled phantom goal that Panama didn't score because it literally never crossed the line and they called it a goal anyway, under VAR in theory, those shenanigans should be kept to a minimum. Yeah. I was going to say, this is CONCACAF in you theory, all, in, in theory, theory. Theory only goes so far in CONCACAF. Yeah, that was good. I was going to just say you really trust CONCACAF to appropriately no, apply I, the I rules don't. of video assistant refereeing. <laughs> we do this podcast for a reason because this is all <laughs> very dumb. <laughs> yes. So, so always, always game plan for the fact things will get dumb. All right. Thanks, Tyler, for the question. Uh, this one comes from at the 94th minute. Um, I believe they're from Wales. So obviously very interested in the CONCACAFing. Really appreciate the support. Uh, question is, which countries do you think have the best possibility of getting into the final round of qualifying who are not already in it in the future? Who could be the rising stars of CONCACAF? Um, Jonathan, is there a team that you look at as like the next cycle could be the team that steps up? I mean, I think some of that could be teams that are in this i think jamaica has a chance to make a step up and i think even a team like el salvador who's young has has those opportunities if i'm looking at teams outside of uh world outside of of the uh the octagonal i'm gonna look at a team like you think saint kitts is really close to taking a step up like i know Suriname and curacao were really good last cycle but my concern with them is they had a lot of stars who were a bit older. And so I don't know what that next, you know, that next step up, but I know St. Kitts has some, has some young players that are there in the process of, uh, you know, getting their feet and, and making that jump up. I like that pick, um, but I'll also throw, I'll throw a shout out to uh, the Dominican Republic. I mean, they were very close to qualifying for that second round. And, you know, in the second round, anything can happen. Uh, it was just the final day match day. Again, they went to Panama and lost, uh, which everyone tends to do. So um, I think, and they have the new coach. We talked about them on the laser focus a few weeks back. And I think they, you know, if they keep developing the way they, they are, 
they could be good. But also Puerto Rico is kind of in that same boat of just like they just need the right moment and they need the right player to come along. They're starting to get kind of a foundation in place. And once these teams get foundations in place, who knows when the opportunity arises for them to make that leap and if they take it. Yeah. And Jonathan mentioned Curacao. I think they are the prime candidate. I think that the key thing for them is dual nationals uh, because of their close relationship with the Netherlands and Holland. Like you, there are a lot of players out there who they are going to be able to get signed up as that program elevates. And it has over the last few years. The key thing about this question is that talking about the possibility of getting into the final round of qualifying in the future, it's likely that the final round of qualifying this next cycle will include a lot of these teams because with us, with Mexico, with Canada being hosts, they're all likely to get automatic bids to the next world cup. And it's possible that the CONCACAF could have up to three more bids. It could be a more wide open version of qualifying. And a lot of these countries will get a shot. And who takes that, who gets that, takes that opportunity and really grabs a hold of it? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing. Not only do we get the additional three spots with the expansion to 48, there's also going to be that tournament that takes place like a month before the World Cup starts, where an additional two CONCACAF teams would qualify for that tournament. And it, it, it takes teams from around the world for the final three spots. So you have an opportunity for some of these. Uh, teams that are right on the cusp to really make a leap for it, especially as we see some of these traditional you know, powers start to decline. This is an opportunity for someone to step up. It's just a matter of who. And again, it's going to be time and place and opponent, but who gets that shock victory over a team that doesn't expect it and uses that as confidence to build. That is going to be the question over the next couple of years. Yeah. So we will see. Again, we don't know what qualifying is going to look like quite yet. Um, Concat doesn't know what qualifying is going to look like. Yeah, yeah. Let's worry about that after December 2022. Um, but thank you. Um, that's at the 94th minute on Twitter. Give them a follow. Um, appreciate the following. Um, our final question comes from a patron, dear friend of ours, uh, Jen. She passed along this wonderful question. If you could change the outcome of one of the U.S. games so far, which one and why? I think this isn't. I think there's only one right one right answer here, what and I it? think that I think it's uh, Panama versus the United States. Um, I think if you change that to a win, it is an automatic six point swing between the U.S. the U.S. and Panama. So the U.S. not only sits on twenty four points, it's in three points left for Panama and we're looking at a situation where we feel we may not be a hundred percent qualified, but we're sitting in a situation where you likely need a point uh, to qualify. Donald. That's the right answer. Um, for all the things that Jonathan mentioned, I will throw in a, uh, I'll throw in a, a honorable mention, at least for me, it's Canada away because if Canada you know if that's a draw or a win Canada also is in a position where they need like a couple of wins and some help whereas the United States could probably be sitting pretty in the position that Canada is in right now so 
Uh, I would do that. Honestly, I would say Canada way. Yes, but you could also take the, the Canada game in Nashville. If that's a win for the United States, again, the United States is still sitting pretty and Canada still has a little bit where they, they have to kind of, you know, you know, pucker up a little bit like, like some American fans are doing. Yeah. And I mean, I do think the easy answer is that game away to Panama in October, because it does have such massive implications on the situation that we're in right now. For Milo, man, U.S. home to Canada in September, if that game is a win, like the vibes of the entire round of qualifying are very, very different if all of a sudden that's a seven-point window. If you're going into that Canada away game knowing that you beat them at home, like Canada isn't necessarily a top dog that they've been. Maybe there is less intimidation, but also like kind of, you know, fuck Canada. Like I don't want to lose to them. So like let's at least win the home game. And the fact that it was here in Nashville, like, you know, they came into my city and got a result. I'm like, come on, you know. I, I yeah, but the, by the same token, we also we all went to Hamilton, Ontario, and froze our asses off. So, well, we were losers nice for too. doing that in the first place, you know. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that, that's very true. Yeah, hey, I got bomb food and I got Tim Hortons, so I won. They they can't take that from me. Yeah, I mean, if that game in September is a victory. And does that change how the rest of the final round goes for Canada? Do they end up putting that game in Hamilton? Maybe they end up playing that game somewhere else. If things are different, I don't know. Maybe it would have avoided us having to go to Hamilton, Ontario. Maybe you never we could know. have gone to Vancouver. But, yeah, butterfly effect. Like, think life could have been so much easier. I mean, two more points would be enough to have like a drastically different view on this window right now well, it's, it's just like you know how they say about football right every play changes the play right like yeah. every single play you have a you have a set of scenarios and then something happens and then you reshuffle the deck and you get a new list of scenarios and you just i mean yeah. it, that's so early if that happens we're the pace car the united states <laughs> is the pace car and not canada and they they may react differently yeah yeah just I think such an underrated part, and we talk about like lists for lineup decisions, like who plays what went, who plays in which game, and like talking about rotations and things like that. Like, who everything about qualifying also falls on the vibes. Like, you want to have confidence, you want to feel good about things. It's not necessarily like the results clearly matter, but the way you perceive the results also impacts how you view qualifying as a whole. And if the U S is sitting on top with seven points after that first window, maybe things feel more optimistic. Maybe you don't go into Panama and lay an egg like that. Maybe when you do have to go to Canada, you're like, Oh, we beat these guys. You play a different game and you lock up a point. Like you don't know how it changes it, but it would have been nice to start off especially the home schedule with a win because I mean, two points out of the first two games was not ideal. Great question. Um, Really appreciate everyone that 
uh, submitted. But that about wraps us up. Uh, obviously, a huge, huge window. Um, Donald and I are going to be traveling to all of these U.S. games. We're going to be at the Azteca for U.S.-Mexico. We're going to be in Orlando for USA-Panama. I will be drinking around the world, so I'll report from Epcot, Mexico, and Epcot U.S. to get in Epcot Canada to get the CONCACAF vibes from Disney. Um, and then, of course, we'll be heading to San Jose, Costa Rica for the final match of the window. Uh, so we'll have a lot of content there. Can I can I break some kind of news real quick? Yeah, sure. Um, I will not be in Costa Rica. What? Yes, I will not be in Costa Rica. Um, I will be traveling somewhere very, very far away. Um, I was selected to attend the FIFA World Cup draw. So get the fuck out. Yeah, that 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 happened. So, oh, man, um, Holy so I'm missing it for a reason. So, damn it, we better qualify before I have to get on that plane because I cannot leave it where I'm going to a World Cup draw. We're not in it. So Holy do shit. this for me, U.S. men's national team, please. That's amazing. Jonathan, and I had no idea. This is literally breaking. You both did. You both did. Very few people know. I want to tell you guys um, because I was, I was like. I was looking forward to going to Costa Rica, um, but yes, I'll, I'll be missing it for that reason. Okay. All right. All right. I guess I'm going to have to hold it down in Costa Rica. Hold it down for me. Yeah. So we got breaking news here on the first real news desk edition of the World <laughs> of CONCACAF podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm sure Donald's going to have some content from uh, the draw. I mean, whether the U.S. is in it or not, there's going to be uh, CONCACAF, CONCACAF going on. So um, I might just throw us in the throw us in the bowl in the bowl anyway. Just throw yeah. the little yeah. Can you bring like an extra ping pong ball in your pocket? Yeah, I'm just gonna throw know? the ping pong ball in the yeah. like. Oh, did the U.S. get? Oh yeah, well, it's weird. They're in here twice, this, so we're in. They're in here. Yeah. They're in here twice. I guess we'll pick. I guess we'll choose which pot we want to be in. You know. Yeah, I mean, Donald, this is really. I know we joke about this all the time, but this is now really your chance to really grease the palms of Concacaf to get us down to Miami. I mean, oh, yes. I, they, they, there is there is not a better time uh, and uh, opportunity for us to for and I, for you to get that taken care of. I will I will try to take care of that. I'm also going to Miami in May just on like not for I'm go, actually going for DC United, but uh, I will go down there and I will literally plant myself on the front steps and be like, hey, who wants to talk? We got we got we got some things that we got yeah, some business yeah. to discuss. It's it's the meme, you know. Let me in. Exactly. Fence. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. gonna be Donald at Concacaf HQ. Um, but thanks for listening. Uh, keep up with us. Enjoy the Concacaf World Cup qualifying. It's honestly, it's the thing that I love most about following soccer is World Cup qualifying because the tournament is clearly the biggest sporting event in the world. But the process of a team getting there is what makes it magical and we are getting to the conclusion of a multi-year process and with covid and with the format changes throwing var in in the middle of a round um it's been a very unique cycle and we are about to wrap it up so we'll wrap this up follow us at podcast on twitter facebook instagram Like I said, we'll be traveling. We'll have some content. Uh, 
That's at POD Cuckalf on all socials and follow us on pay, subscribe to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. Give us some support. And uh, yeah. Anything else guys? Nothing else from my side. Let's get it. Yeah. That's all I got. You guys better fucking qualify. That's, that's all I'm going to say. All right. See ya. Thank you.